the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 83, Descent. No, no, Celeste, teacher, priestess, sister, friend, Celeste. Celeste. Taken into the maw of the Grumark, Celeste at first hears the fading voices of her friends before losing the sound as she sinks deeper and deeper into the stone. The tunnel takes her straight down and she is swallowed ever further in as the smooth walls press against her flesh, pulsing around her from every side. Her descent is slow, and often too, it is very, very tight. For a long while, her arms are stretched out of her, hands pointed straight down as the rest of her body slowly slips down after. Sometimes she is pressed into the cavity so hard that she cannot any longer breathe, for the pressure upon her chest and her stomach and her back is too tight. Halfway down, her cape begins to choke her. Somehow it has been caught along the side, and she's forced to unclasp it, which, for a while she fears, she'll be unable to do in the confines of the tube, but at last she maneuvers her fingers. Somehow her throat and freeze herself from it, taking a breath at last, just in time as her body continues to slip down his throat once again, making its descent, and Celeste can only close her eyes and accept the sensations all along the length of her naked body, warmth, cool, pressure, and pain. Falling now into the twilight world, the priestess Celeste is in descent. The Grumark has claimed her, yet Solus falls down after her. Will he reach her? And when it is done, will his friends be there to pull them out? We go ever further into the dark. My travelers, we explore now the outcome on this, the 83rd episode of The Iron Realm. The Iron Realm, copyright, Abel Enzo is an original, dark fantasy delve into the eternal maze at the end of time. A portion of tonight's female voice performance 
has been provided by Gwenifery of freesound.org, whose audio has been used with permission. Consult this episode's show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com for full details. Gwenifery, I give my gratitude for that which you have offered. Indeed, your passion and your presence will always be honored throughout the countless corners of the Iron Realm. Tribal Matters It is the eighth day of Sakaris, 8.20 a.m. The group has been a day without food and a day without water, which puts them at a minus two penalty. They are in the Grumark's chamber, position 17, 19, 18, 23. The spells by the group are as follows. Kailana, Mystic Missile, times two. Amazar, Door Denial, times two. Orson, Ventriloquist, and Hovering Disc. Len, Hands of Healing, times two. Twyla, Hands of Healing, times two, plus the ability of her horn is ready. Nim has Hands of Healing, times two, and the ability of her horn, and Nora's horn is also at the ready. And the handmaiden of Aphrodite is as of yet available. Round two. Initiative. The tribe. A five. The Grumark. A one. The rope is taut. The friends of Solus brace themselves hard against the stone floor, struggling with the rope, for it seems it is holding his full weight now as he descends. Temek continues to gather his gear, and also Stockholm's. Barter gathers his own gear together, and also Amazar's. Yona readies her belongings as quickly as possible, also taking those of Revit. Hana gathers her own, and also Kailana's. Paola is picking up her gear, and also that belonging to Len, her armor, her weapons. Marks gathers his own, and those two of Thora. Twyla gathers Nora's things, and also her own. Nim gathers her things, and also those of her mother. Elena is working fast to get her things too, working blind upon the floor in order to do so. As this occurs, the sapphires in the room begin to glow, and suddenly the entire room is bathed in flames. The heat is very strong, and as the fire closes, each must attempt to avoid the fury of the fire. There's a death save for each of them, except, of course, for Celeste and Solus, who are not in a room. This is a death save of the fourth kind leveled against them now. Stockholm fails. Three points of damage. Kailana 
fails. A point of damage. Blood fails. Six points as the fire burns for Tonic avoids the fire. Bardar fails, taking four points. Amazon takes a point along with Kaylana. And Iona fails her death save, two points to her. Kana has managed to pass her save. Leola is burned by the fire for a point. Lilena, oh, fails badly. Six points to her, and she falls unconscious into the pile of gear. Orson, perhaps sympathetically, also fails. Four points. Nora has passed the test. Twyla, nat 20! Twyla has the realization that the flames are not real. Instead, they are an illusion created, perhaps, by the Grumont. And she takes no points of damage at all. Nim fails to avoid the fire, taking three points. Brevin fails to at six points of damage. Thora is not burned by the fire. Don't look so close to her as it burns. And Marks? Nat 20! Marks realizes the same as Twyla, not being burned at all, and realizing instead that the fire is simply an illusion. Round 3 initiative. The tribe. A 6. The Grumar. A 1. Marks and Twyla begin to tell the others what they have seen, but the illusion is so potent that anyone who is wounded by it will retain any life points of damage taken as if it were fully real, even though damage is permanent until healed. All within earshot will at least get a wisdom roll in order to also realize the illusion if they can, except of course for Lelena, who is unconscious. Stockholm rolls versus wisdom. A three! He has realized what is happening. Kailana, a ten. She's still under the Grimark spell. Len, an eighteen. She is fooled, too, seeing the flames coming closer. Temek, a 14, fails. The impressionable halfling can also not break free. Barda, a 4, beats his wisdom, and he is saved. Amazar, a 14. The wizard believes it to be real still. Yona, 15. She fails. Kana, a 12. She fails to beat her wisdom. Paola. An 11. Another fail. Orson. With a 9. He is seeing the truth. Nora. An 11. She fails to break free. And Nim. She is free with a 9. Brevin. He sees the fire for what it is. With a 5. Thora. She will not be fooled by the illusion any longer. Lila, holding the handmaiden of Aphrodite, slips across the room to Lelena, bestowing four points of healing upon her with hands of healing, then another three with the 
power of her horn, which allows Lelena to recover. Meanwhile, Marx continues to gather his belongings, and also those by Flora. I'm putting Twilight in position 1823, right next to Lelena. Meanwhile, on the rope, Stockholm, Nora Brevik, Flora Len, and Orson have managed to keep their hold, although Len has begun to panic that the rope is caught on fire, which causes Nora to sink the same. The others on the rope, however, realize this is an illusion, and Stockholm calls out for one and all to hold the line no matter what, which they do, pulling for all their work. Several of the group continue their efforts to gather the gear, armor, and weapons that have been laid down throughout the room. A bee still working, there is Tanik Bardar, Yona Kana, Yola, and Marks. Nim, however, has abandoned the task of gathering gear, choosing to deliver three points of healing from her horn to Len instead. Let me I am putting Nim in position 1822 beside Len. And next! The Groomark launches a new attack. Shards of sapphire begin shooting out of the walls to impale them. To those who have realized the illusion, they are able to ignore the seeming danger. To the rest, however, these shards are deadly. This time it is a death save of the second kind, with success, allowing freedom from the illusion yet again, and failure indicating damage that feels so real that it is. Damage from the shards is 2d4 on a fail. Kiwana, fail! She takes 3 damage as the wicked crystals pierce her arms and back. Len, another fail! 7 damage! Tenek fails as well, with the shards raining down, dealing 6 damage to him as he scrambles across the floor. Amazar, Another failure, four damage and all. Yoni is impaled by the shards as they erupt from the floor. Seven damage upon her. Kana sees the shards fly through her. Harmlessly, she is broken free from the illusion. Paola is not so lucky. Six damage for Paola. And Nora, five damage. Lilena is only just struggling to her feet, but as the shards shoot out of the walls and ceiling, she takes seven damage, falling to the ground, hitting her head, and going unconscious again. Round four initiative. The tribe, a four, the Groomark, another four, simultaneous combat. The flames burn hotter, and the shards continue to rain from above. At this moment, the Groomark forces his stone eyes shut, and in an instant, his mouth is closed, and the far exit slams shut. The rope grinds between the Groomark's lips, and the tribe fears now that at any instant, it may break. Those freed from the illusion plead with their comrades to recognize the same, shouting to be heard amongst the seeming sounds of the burning fire as the room continues to spin and tear.
tilt the low down. Even as soon as the Rumark shuts his mouth, Amazar lets loose the final sound of his spell, always open. The spell is considerably more powerful than any spells that the wizard has memorized, and so success is certainly not assured. An intelligence rule is required, but because of the high level of the spell, and also the risky manner in which Amazar is attempting to cast it, a penalty of ten is applied to the roll. And here it is. The roll is a three, and ten is added for thirteen, and this is still under Amazar's intelligence of fifteen. The Grumark's mouth is forced wide open, and Amazar is shouting to the others to escape the room while they can, even as the chamber begins to shake again and come apart. In the distance, through a blue blur of vision, the exit can be seen to be coming open once again. Amazar, having cast his ace, turns to leave, but not before telling Kailana. We are made stronger than the rest. Stand our ground, girl, and hold the spell in case our benefactor tries to close the portal again. I'm confident that I shall see you on the other side. Stand here, I say, and save your husband. Everything now, Kailana, is up to you. Amazar slips back from the front, seeing that Lelena is down. He moves to position 18-23 to help her. The Grumark is immersed in concentration this round, but so no further attacks come at the moment. The wolf is still heavy in the tribe's hands, but it appears to hold with the full weight of Solus still at the other end. With Stockholm, Nora Brevik, Ura, Glenn, and Orson lowered him ever deeper. Stop. Hold the line. Come on now. Hold the line. Any who are still in the sway of the Grumark's mind powers are allowed yet one more wisdom save due to the efforts of their friends who are trying to snap them out of it. Kailana, a three, and she is free. Lens, a one, she is no longer in the sway of the illusions. Temek, a nine, he is free as well. Amazon, a seven. He continues to believe the fire in the shines. Iona, 19. She still sees the illusion in her eyes, too. Kana, a 5. She is broken free from the illusion. Paola, 13. A fail. And Nora, with a 3. That beats her wisdom. And the illusion of the fire will affect her no longer. Twyla strips down next to Amazar, casting hands of healing upon Lilena and delivering six points upon her and allowing her again to regain consciousness. Nim moves to Bardar, delivering seven points upon him with hands of healing as well. I'm moving Nim to position 1721. Marks, with all the gear gathered, 
is only able to move one square at a time due to his penalties from lack of food and water. Even so, a double move is allowed. And so I will put him now at position 1820, where I will rule he has managed to step through the door at least and into the Hall of Dreams. Way, everyone! Hurry! Hurry! Similarly, with each making two Tenfold moves, Marks is followed by Tenek, Bardar, Ionacana, and Paola, who have answered to the wizard's warning and fled as well. And all of them now are in the Hall of Dreams as the rest of their friends struggle to recover Solace and the sacrificed Celeste. Come on. and offered by Ashley Eddy through freesound.org under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Further information can be found at theironrealm.com or at theironrealm.blogspot.com under this episode's show notes. My sincere thanks as well to you, Ashley for your masterful contribution to the Iron Realm cause. Character 8 The tribe is in the middle of a fight for their lives. But how fares Character 8? you've accumulated pluses under the evolution of fire, the evolution of earth, or the evolution of air. Have you been applying the appropriate bonuses to your roles versus fate? <laughs> well, if not, don't forget, no re-rolls in the Iron Realm. But you could have been prepared by getting your hands on the latest Iron Realm Adventure Log and Strategy Guide. So don't make the same mistake twice. It's available in ebook form, so do yourself a favor. Pause the podcast, search for it on DriveThruRPG with your adult settings enabled, and finish up your collection with all the strategy guides that you're missing. This battle's not over yet, and we can use all the help that we can get. Master's Secrets for the Gamma 1 map. And these are the details, as recalled by Len and Kaylana, who may have carried with them also the accounts told to them by Treya and Echo 2. So these first rooms that I'll describe are actually prison cells, and so the door on each one should be shown as a cage door, 
In other words, three dots, or perhaps three short lines. Detail all shapes relayed in keeping with that method formerly described for cave systems. And so this first one, room 38, is at position 316, 518, and the cage door is in the southern wall at the very center. Below it, there is a second at position 320, 522, and again, the cell door is in the southern wall at the very center. That's room 39. Below this one, room 40 is at position 324, 526, and this one has the cage door in the eastern wall at the very center. There is a T at position 619, and the base of this T points to the west, but the center of the T on its eastern wall has a door. To the south of that T, there's a straightaway of one square, and that one square straightaway has a door on its eastern wall. Going further south, through that straightaway, next comes a crossroads, and to the south of the crossroads, there is another one square straightaway, with a cage door on its western wall. Further south, there is an L-turn pointed to the west, but let me describe it carefully because it's a little bit unusual. At position 626, there's a cage door on the eastern wall, while at position 627, there's a door on the southern wall. Let me describe cell 40, which is at position 324, 526. Go ahead and draw that in. You already know where the door is. Whilst at position 724, 927, although there is a room there, you'll want to handle this one carefully, since the three horizontal squares that are northmost in that room should be blacked out by you, that is solid wall. Which means that the only available space for this cell, really, would be the interior of 725, 927, that's room 41. And you already know where the door to this one is. We discussed an L at position 627. If we were to go further west, you could draw in an additional two squares straightaway. And meanwhile, similar straightaways are already suggested since we've placed room 38, 39, and 40 in such a way that you can already see the corridor which has been produced for you by virtue of dropping in those cells. Take a look at the crossway, which is at position 623, and to the east of it, there's a straightaway too. It actually connects this crossway to the T, which is at position 1723. So go ahead and fill in that straightaway, but also note that at position 1123, on the northern wall, there's a double door. The Goblin Mess is room 37 at position 720, 922, while room 35, the Goblin Common Area, is at position 716, 1019, and it is worth noting there is also a door in the northeastern corner of the room on the eastern wall. The girls were familiar 
with the Taskmaster's quarters and the Goblin Barracks, so I will describe their locations as well. The Goblin Barracks is room 36, and it is positioned at 1116, 1617, and a number of beds and cots can be drawn into the room throughout. The Taskmaster's quarters are room 8 at 1418, 1622, and there is a large bed up against the northern wall, while also indicated are a collection of whips, straps, and similar implements. The barracks belonging to the king's bodyguard is room 5. It is positioned at 1821, 2025, and also note that there's a door in the northeastern corner on the eastern wall. There are several beds lined up in two rows from north to south in this room as well, along with a collection of various weapons. There is an additional room near here as well, a weapons room, room 6, at position 2121-2222. The Goblin Chieftain's sleeping chamber is at position 2326-2730, and in addition to the door on the western wall, which has been described already, there are also two doorways on the eastern wall one at position 2726, and one at position 2730. Not far from the eastern wall, midway along it, is the chieftain's bed, and it is rather large, so draw it in appropriately. There are also some sleeping mats scattered throughout the room, which were used by the Goblin King's servants. Room 3 is the King's Kitchens, at position 2825, 3027. And the King's Store is room 4, at position 2829, 3030. The corridor between these two rooms is actually solid rock, so black it out. And I'll finally reveal to you just a couple of other spaces. At 1732, there is a T with the base pointed north, and this T ends with a cage door at its eastern way. Beyond it is room 27, a prisoner chamber, and it is at position 1931-2133. The last room to be described is the mining chamber, room 7, where Glenn Echo and Kailana were discovered at first. It is at position 1010-1222, and it has a doorway at the very center of the northern wall. Beyond the doorway, there is an L-turn, which bends to the east and dead ends. And you'll notice there's quite a bit of open space in between rooms 36, 7, and 8, so if you have anything left that's unaccounted for, go ahead and black it out. That's all solid rock. Working together, the tribe has managed to drop these details onto their map, and now you have to.
The Iron Realm, copyright Abel Enzo, is the world's first play-by-podcast fantasy campaign. A portion of tonight's audio has been provided under the Creative Commons Attribution License by me, Alexandra Drotsru, also known as Thora, the Dwarven Warrior. Full notes are given in this episode's show notes. Journey you well in the light and in the dark. Iron Realm. You have been listening to The Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and to support new episodes of The Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash theironrealm and be you rewarded. You can also give a gift at drivethroughrpg.com using pay what you want or by taking a share of premium soft cover books ebooks and gaming aids for your Iron Realm collection. And don't forget to leave your five-star reviews at drivethroughrpg.com and beyond. Finally, tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play-by-podcast RPG audio drama. Do what you can to ensure the continuance of the realm, your fellow travelers, and your maze master, thank you. From the eternal depths of the Iron Realm. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Realm! Good night, everyone.